Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, joined today by Dr. Kathy Forte and Ken Matthews. Now, what, what's amazing is just a few days ago, you guys are you know, paying attention and watching the show. It's great. Thank you very much. But I talked about Dr. Kathy Forty. I saw a post about her going, you know, into uh, Lahaina and, you know, hightailing it out of there. And all the things that she uh, she witnessed were a little bit different from the narrative. So we, we I talked about it. Uh, I talked about the funding, you know, helping, uh, you know, helping people of uh, Hawaii, uh, Maui, and uh, basically the money started coming in, so it's done really well. Thank you to everyone that uh, is participating and helping out. Yes, big thumbs up, double thumbs up, really, because you guys have really been pouring out your, a lot of good stuff. Yes, or as they say. <laughs> and uh, Ken Matthews, my my friends, uh, you know, as as the story goes, you know, we're only a few people away from you know meeting the person that we want to, and uh, Ken Matthews arranged this uh, this little get together. So we're we're very happy to uh, you know have you on the show, uh, Dr. Kathy Forte, and uh, what tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a retired clinical psychologist and uh, um, had been doing that for over thirty years uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Los Angeles, California, and before that, I lived in New York City and I worked for CBS News, and so you know I've, I've been a bit of many different things, but I'm an inventor now. I'm an author of sci-fi novels, uh, uh, nonfiction sci-fi novels, I should correct, and uh, just enjoying my life on Maui and writing and and uh, connecting with all the wonderful, beautiful light workers and healers here who just seem to come from, I mean, this land was ancient Lemuria, and they all seem to be coming back. Beautiful. So, um, so yeah, here we are, and to witness this tragedy that's happening to this sacred land, and you know, um, to bring some truth. I've always been a truther, and you know, if my big mouth uh, is <laughs> is put to use sometimes in situations, then you know, all the more power. That's what yeah. we're all here for: is to share this. We're all in this together as a collective consciousness of humanity, and and this is this stuff needs to come out. Absolutely. Now on on that day, on the fateful day, uh, the Lionsgate Day, eight eight, uh, you and a friend, just out of the blue, was like, let's get together and go to Lahaina. You have a favorite restaurant there, so bring us up to that point. Let's talk about that. Okay, um, as we were, um, I'm in the Lahaina Wailea area, and it's a thirty minute drive to Lahaina. And uh, we left here about nine thirty, and as we're approaching around ten a.m. You know, uh, on the Lahaina bypass, that's Highway three zero zero zero. You know, on the map, if you're anyone's looking, and they call it the Lahaina bypass. And uh, we got stopped. Uh, all the cars came to a halt there. The cops weren't letting people by past that area. Um, we saw some a power pole, power technicians nearby, and I looked down at my phone, and I had just used my phone. And uh, I uh, was saying no service, SOS, you know, um, we always joke about that shit out of service. 
and uh, the internet wasn't working and we're wondering well, what's going on here maybe it's just a temporary power outage because we had not hear, heard any advisories up until that point and uh so you know there was somewhat of a communication blackout now um i did not know at the time and where we were stopped on the road since i recently put up a timeline picture of the area we were stopped at uh lahaina bypass road and uh Lahaina Luna Road, and that is uh, that is to the other side of the highway than old historic. Uh, I don't know, it's east west, whatever. Uh, to the other side of of uh, historic Lahaina. Lahaina is down by the river. This is away from the river, and there was a high school up there. And this this fire happened around six thirty seven a.m. or so, and the firemen came and they contained it, put it out. They left to fight other fires, most likely on the island Kula. Because uh, there was uh, that's up country. That's where all the organic farms are, horse farms, beautiful lands up there. And um, so we, you know, we, we we thought, well, well, let's see if we can just go towards Front Street. That's the main drag going through uh, Lahaina. And because my favorite and, place and was so that's the one that's right along the water where we see all those cars that yes. are torched. Yes, right? everything runs through Front Street. Okay, you know, and. All around there are all these old Lahaina homes. Sometimes people look, say, oh, they look kind of run down. These are the old Hawaiian community. They've been there for God knows how long, you know, and it's been family to family. And some of the houses are run down, granted, but, you know, there's a lot of poor Hawaiian here. And, uh, you know, they've over the years, they stuck firm. They weren't going to sell anything to the developers. And, you know, from what I hear, the land sharks are already circling, you know, calling people, trying to get it at uh, fire sale prices. And, um, you know, so that's another story we can get into. But but um, so we tried to get really close to Front Street and we couldn't. Everything seemed to be blocked off. And at that point, the wind was really starting to pick up. Now, we hadn't we hadn't uh, felt it prior to that, because, you know, when you're in high winds, you can even feel that in a car. And so as we got closer, you know, as, as I said to Ken the other day, I had to find a bathroom. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring that up. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I, glad you, I'm glad you did. And, you know, and I was thinking about all those people stuck in their cars. They got to pee. What are, they can't find a gas station. What are they going to do, you know? And we, we stopped at a little tiny kind of uh, strip mall that wasn't on Front Street. It was like a couple blocks removed from it. And it was like a ghost town. Every stop show, uh, the, you know, the Pizza Huts, the, the, no, actually, I think it was uh, uh, McDonald's or all those were all closed. Nothing was available. So, you know, I went behind a, <laughs> as a dumpster, I went behind a dumpster. And as I'm going out, you know, coming back to my car, you know, and I'm and, and I hear this big crash behind me and there, a, a, a tree has been totally uprooted. Suddenly, the wind is really getting strong. And I said to my friend, these feel like hurricane force winds. I'd been in a hurricane before, called Hurricane Gloria in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I said, but I've said, but there's no rain. What's the story? You know, uh, hurricanes have rain. And this was a dryless hurricane. Mm. So um, we thought, well, okay, we can't get near Front Street. We don't know what's going on because the Internet was down. And the, so we said, well, let's go on to Kanapali. 
and you know maybe maybe everything's fine there we'll get something to eat there we get to Kanapali and one of the hotels I mean a lot of things were out as well the power and uh they were um one hotel was uh you know bringing in their generators and their oil cans and everything else too so people wouldn't be stuck in elevators and um you know, and everybody was around the swimming pool because no lights were on and no power was going and the swimming pool looked like small waves in the ocean from the wind. Wow. Uh, so, you know, we didn't actually see the fires and we didn't know what was going on, but we knew we needed to get out of there because trees were coming down all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like we hadn't seen that before. So my friend, luckily enough, knew how to get around the back part of the island, which is quite harrowing you know it's uh, some sheer cliffs and and it goes down to like one lane even though there's traffic going in both directions and you know from having left my house in 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 the Kihei area at 9 30 I didn't get back till 5 30 p.m wow. so we didn't know that the uh, fires another fire started around 3 30 by the Lahaina bypass that's the the big highway that's going past it where we were stopped and then at 4 p.m fires swept throughout old Lahaina town. I hear that the uh, they ran out of water in the hydro in the pumps there was no water there or perhaps it was shut off maybe because the power was not pumping it. Yeah. And you know, I've heard these 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 uh, you know, people who are trying to get on the on the band right away and say, "Oh, it was climate change or oh, it was uh, the grasslands there." Well, I'll tell you, Lahaina, old Lahaina town, there's no grasslands in old Lahaina town. It's way far away from there. It's concrete and stores, and there's not even grass underneath the big banyan tree because there's so much shade there, no grass will grow. Mm. So I don't know what they're talking about because there's no grasslands at that spot to to justify that type of uh, thinking. Yeah, and I, I've seen a lot of, and Ken, jump in anytime. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, pictures of, you know, there are some green areas, uh, not all the palm trees are, are torched and... Um, so they're, the, they're saying that this was a firestorm, which obviously it was. What created it? How did it come in there remains to be seen. Uh, I, have my th- I have my thoughts on that. But uh, there, um, there are a lot of experts, as they call them. Uh, they're saying that, oh, yeah, those are trees usually have water in them, and they don't catch fire normally. I was like, well... That doesn't put the narrative of uh, like a firestorm created by grasslands. Yeah, so you know, there's there's a lot of disinformation going on uh, right now. So yeah, it's. I think uh, Michael, I have to back up for just a minute because of the fact is that um, my friend had such a strong urge to go that that day, and I have to say, my friend is extremely intuitive. I have many intuitive friends here, and most also a lot of us say we didn't sleep well the night before, and the night before I started to feel waves of energy in my head and I thought what's what's going on here and it then it stopped but when I got close to Lahaina it happened again and when I'm talking about waves of energy it feels like a flooding wave inside your frontal lobe of your brain and uh, it feels somewhat like a seizure activity now as a clinical psychologist I've worked with head injury and and so forth like that and I I know some of the things so I thought this is this is very unusual this feels like some type of energy at play here and I'm picking it up because I myself am sensitive, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I had a near-death experience in 2003 and came back slightly altered, you might say, in, mm. in uh, just my sensitivity abilities. So 
So um, I knew I knew right away this was directed energy. Oh, okay. And, and that's my well, thought. First, um, yeah, go ahead, Ken. Well, full disclosure, um, I saw you reading Dr. Forte's letter on your show because I'm one of your 80 million viewers, Michael. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, because I had already started researching this. And, you know, I like to do deep dives on this stuff. And the narrative was just constantly shifting. So uh, anyway, I I was banned from LinkedIn, but I got back on. I've been on for like six months. Woo! And uh, I looked up Dr. Forte and and got in touch with her, and she got right back to me very graciously. And uh, when we got done on the Ken Matthews report, I couldn't. I I just could not help having listened to her say, "Oh my gosh, I." You've got to connect with Mike Jaco with the with the intuitiveness and all the stuff and being in touch with like, you know, this is your thing. And this is this is so you really turned me on to this when I read your book, The Intuitive Warrior, which just came out second edition. Right. Right. Didn't it just come out anyway? So I said, you guys got to connect. So that's uh, but full disclosure, you were reading her. You you uh, read her letter before I even knew who she was. And then I said. I, I got to get her on the show because um, you have insight that other people didn't have. I've been looking at the narrative, and it's amazing because, uh, Michael, we talked about this before. Propaganda and narratives always have about this much truth to them. You have to have a level of truth so the people defending the narrative can say, well, look, this look at this these invasive grasslands that have grown over the Northlands where the where the farms used to be. This is how it all started. It was dry. It was brittle. So now that the narrative, like from the New York Times and from the the L.A. Times and the New York Times are kind of different. New York Times is saying it's really hot. It's really windy. And climate change made it that way. And this is why, you know, we need to get out of fossil fuel. Look at the horror in Maui. And the L.A. Times is actually I was pretty shocked by their coverage and Dr. Forti, we talked about this yesterday or the day before a little bit. Um, they said that it, warnings were ignored, slow response, and hubris fueled America's deadliest wildfire. And that it, it's the deadliest wildfire in 100 years. So I found that interesting. So... What we have to do, because as you know, you used to be in the media, um, we got to sift through all this and try to find the truth. Now, I think uh, there there is truth in several of these narratives. I do believe, because you didn't hear a warning, I believe that they're, they're understaffed on the island. I guess there's 14, there's 14 stations on Maui, and there's... Uh, Three fire stations on, is it Molokai? Is that how they say that? Um, Molokai, the island of Molokai. Yeah. Right. And then there's one station, and they said on the Isle of Lanai. is It's not an isle, is it? Is it a, it's not a stand. Yeah, that, yeah, the island of Lanai is belongs to Larry Ellison of Oracle. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, is it in Maui County? Um, 
actually, I don't think Lanai is in considered Maui County, but I, don't hold me on that. I mean, and I look at Maui as the island of Maui. Lanai is an island in and of itself. We have a ferry. I think it's like 45, 40, 45 minutes. Oh, okay, good. All right. To that island. So there's, a, there's one station there, and I started to figure out just from, from a manpower standpoint, and then I went back further, and people had written letters to the editor of the Maui, the Maui News. I think that's what it's called. And Maui said, News, Maui Times, yeah. yeah. And they said, this all this dry grass is a real problem. We have to do something about it. And well, there is dry grass somewhere, but I'm saying yeah. that there wasn't in the area of the flight. Oh, oh I know. That's what I'm saying. On streets. <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. That that is that will what that's going to lead the narrative, but it doesn't explain the cars the metal docks, the boats, the speed of the fire, the heat of the fire, and the fact that it was going downhill. I mean, there were so many anomalies, but I just wanted to, from from the media standpoint, because that's kind of my thing, uh, it's amazing how they all glommed onto the invasive grass and, you know, that darn grass, it took out a whole city and all these lives, and there still had to be an ignition point. And then the Washington Post said last night it was a power line that lit up a tree that fell in the grass. That's the latest. And they showed a little video. And, uh, Michael, I'll have to send you that video and you could give me a little analysis on it from your from your combat experience. I don't know if it was a power line or not. I know that power lines can chafe. We learned that in fire school. They can chafe on trees. And if the coating comes off and the tree hits a hot line that's kindling, yada, yada. But there's been nothing that's come more internally into where all the damage was done. So everybody's talking about trees and dry brush and everything. But what about our, the homes? And, and what about concrete being weakened by the flame? That's just abnormal. And then you told me about the metal dock, right? Yes, the Lahaina um, the ferry dock, which was yeah. probably new, I think it was in the last year or so, it was finished, and it's in the water, but it melted. It's and I, it, that's wow. a that's an anomaly. And then you've got, and I I remember asking you this yesterday. I since did the research on it. There are no desalination plants on Maui. In fact, they kept pushing back on it because of the environment. And then in 2018, there was a a similar, not a fire like this, not anything like this, but there was a big brush fire. And here, here's an article here. Uh, this was in 2018. Desalination has been largely abandoned on in Hawaii and on the island of Maui. And the people were like, we can just collect the rain. And then the people with brains said, if you do desalination, you'll have enough drinking water forever. You'll have enough water to fight fires forever. So there was a, ironically, I was trying to figure out how the history played into this. I think there is that that uh, that push between people trying to preserve, but then they're not using their brain. So anyway, there is a desalinization plant, plans for it underway that should be around in 2026, by the way. That's, that's in the... And the and the argument was it's expensive and all this other stuff, but you know, Mike, we talked about this before when we talked about the fires in California. Right. That if they just put up desalination plants all along the coast of our country, they'd never run out of water. That's what they do in the Middle East. They'd always have enough. And the, you talk about drought all the time. 
you know, yeah. uh, I don't think climate change is caused by man, but I do think some of the responses to it are caused by some of man's ill planning or incompetence. If you're in a drought prone area, tap into the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of laugh a little bit at, at the climate change because I knew years ago that sunspot activity was a large, uh, took a large part, uh, played into all this. Mm -hmm. And they were, and then they were abandoning all the records before 1930, which showed that they'd had all the same type of weather that they're claiming now is weather. So you know, I knew that they were skewing the data on that, and you know, so it's, uh, uh, you know, you have to take some of that with a grain of salt. But you also know we've had geoengineering around since before 1950. Even Nikola Tesla was was experimenting yes. with that. So why do we have to? climate change, yell back and forth, we got to do something. Well, we know we already have the ability to geoengineer the climate. Yes. And we can master, and that's something that, uh, this is something from a research standpoint, the, the climate uh, terrorists don't ever bring this up. We have mastered our climate. If you use your common sense, if you put humans before a certain frog or a certain flower, just for the just for the sake of argument, for example, you live in a, a drought prone area, make sure you have enough pumper trucks or a firefighting brigade that can take care of it. Number one, where you're gonna get the water. You're surrounded by water. Pull it out, take the salt out, use it. People do it all over the world. It's that simple. Instead, I think, and again, I don't want to blame, I don't want to place blame on people that were doing everything they could to stop it. But I think the leadership is so often to blame the management, the leadership, the government in some of these disasters because they know ahead of time there might be an issue and then their incompetence or policies change it. And then the other part of it is I see multiple ignition points and that's where I can't figure out how that happened. So I don't know if people said, hey, it's really dry and it's windy. Now's our chance. Flick well, a cigarette. Some of the island that tend to be dry. Wailea, Kihei tend to be dry. Um, uh, up, up in the parts of Kula or Haiku or Mako, those places up there, they get daily rain. You know, it's we have a lot of thermal climbs here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, there's always enough rain somewhere. Hana gets rain every day, too, you know, right. even though it's off the beaten path. But I just heard from somebody who was there. And this old Hawaiian, you know, barely has teeth or anything. And he said, uh, you know, at four o'clock, because most, most of those kids did not go to school that day, because uh, at least the high school kids at the Lahaina, uh, Lahaina Luna Road High School, I don't know about the elementary school kids, but those mm -hmm. were told not to come because of that early fire. Okay. So these kids were all home alone. Their parents worked in other parts of the island, most likely, you know, oh, because so people commute all over. And these kids did not know what to do until the smoke came and so forth like that. And 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 so this guy said, when four o'clock, when there was this long jam of, of uh, you know, tra cars trying to escape on Front Street, going going towards Kanapali, going towards the old chart house, he said there was a roadblock there. And a police roadblock there, and they weren't letting them pass. And a number of residents got out and said, hey, man, we need to get out of here. And he says, I'm sorry, I've got orders. Mm -hmm. 
Now, who did the orders come from? They came See, from that's the, the Vegas Mass Shooting Police Chief. So how did the Vegas Mass Police Chief get there and uh, is in charge in, uh, you know, Maui? That's very interesting because we, we know that uh, evil people have long-term plans, right? So this is uh, a, a very evil thing that, that happened where someone uh, has given direction to other people that obviously can't think for themselves who just follow orders. They can't see that this is going to cause a problem. Maybe people will die because of these orders. So they can't think for themselves. So they keep people locked down. That's very strange. Uh, if any free thinker, cars, like any, the three of us would have been like, let them go. Let, I, I'll get back. I'll get back to my chief and, and let them know well, that they these people would have died. Blockages. You know, I'll stay open-minded. I said, maybe there was a power pole down across that line. But, yeah. hey, you guys move that out of the way. People need to be evacuated. You know, it just bulldoze through that or, or whatever it takes. But you don't stop people from a safe evacuation route when the other way back towards Lahaina, I mean, back towards Kihei and Wailea were, were blocked. It was, it was just one big gridlock of traffic. And so, you know, something... Something doesn't add up there. Why Why were the people being kept into that area? Why were the cops stopping them? And, you know, and so some people just got out and said, we just ran to the ocean. Now, I heard a lot of people that did that were tourists because the locals knew where to get the heck out of there. Uh, and they got the heck out of there if, if they could see that. Um, if they got there before they put the roadblock, that cop right, roadblock. right, and like you, they know other routes, so they got out of there. Of course, there's there's a lot of people still missing, uh, and and uh, if you go all the way back, yeah, I, I really think this is a directed energy weapon uh, thing that's happened because we go all the way back to nine eleven where we had dustification, and we go to uh, Paradise, California, dustification with trees, green trees right next to the house that are like basically. Had had gone three three times the normal heat level in a, of a house fire. A house fire, and I'm a, I, I used to be a firefighter when I was in the Navy, uh, so I understand fires. I fought fires. Uh, I know a lot of these people. I've heard a lot of uh, firefighters talk about this. Uh, these fires are not normal, and that's they're trying to be nice because they don't want to get in trouble, but. I, I'm not like that. I'm just going to blurt it out there. This is a weapon, weapons-grade kill zone, and I think that's why they're keeping it, you know, roped off and people can't come in. And that's well, why I think— They it up today. They just opened well, they did. it up okay. just to Lahaina residents, you okay. know, because people were screaming, I need to get in there, and, you know, my dogs, Good. my children, my whatever— and, and uh, you know, the outcry was just so loud. You, you want to buy it? Keep, keep, they stop, but yeah. but the news people aren't being allowed necessarily before that to say anything. It's a total information lockdown, you know. And and uh, you know, I a friend of mine, she works at one of the major hotels here, and she said we have you know all the ATF, I guess that's the elite firefighter league or something, uh, staying at the hotel. She said we have you know uh, uh, teams from Washington State with over twenty cadaver dogs. They're they're all, and she said. And she said, "Somebody, I heard somebody say, oh, we're going to need well over 400 body bags.'" Yeah, I know. As of now, there's uh, the number I heard is 110. In front, yeah. I heard one 106 this morning, but you know, I knew that was way, way, way over that. Yeah, 
So I mean, we're we're having a the same situation as all these other events. We have a dustification of people, and they're just just like concrete. They just dustified, you know. So uh, we're going to so, have a lot of missing people uh, that never be recovered. They started right off the bat with the climate change narrative. I mean, yeah. this is what drives me crazy. Even a book. Even, even a book. Yeah. Written. Yeah, and and when when I first spoke with you, uh, Doctor Forti, remember I said. It just blows me away that no one has asked the question, where or how did it start? How many firefighters were on scene? How many apparatus were on scene? Which is, Mike, you know this, every time you look at the coverage, like in a in a fire in New York, they'll say, we're here at the corner of whatever, and there's 200 firefighters that have been working since 2 a.m., and there's a brigade here and a battalion there. You didn't get any of that. You didn't even see any of it. I mean, I didn't see one one video of anybody throwing water anywhere. It was like, where is the law enforcement? Where are the firefighters? Were they redirected? You know, I, I know you mentioned that yesterday, Kathy. They 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 were there was there were other fires. Fire. Exactly. Yes. And the fire started a, a few days earlier in spar in parts of Kihei. And, you know, I, as I told Mark, we and on the Sunday, this happened on a Tuesday, the actual fire uh, on 8-8. And on the Sunday, two days prior to that, you know, I was sitting outside in Kiev at a star local Starbucks with friends. And all of a sudden, black smoke was coming up from the highway. And and the fire trucks started coming. And we said, arsonists. So it, I'm sure this attracted arsonists, you know, as as well. You know, who fueled it along, you know, it's sort of like I've worked with some pyromaniacs as a therapist and man, they get a thrill out of these type events and, um, you know, sick puppies. What can I say? But but, uh, you know, there there's so much that is not being, you know, said that uh, even my friends, because I have a lot of friends on this island and are made a lot of connections on this island. And they said, uh, um the, at first, FEMA came in and FEMA was saying, oh, we don't need, you know, we don't need anything. We're fine. Everybody's fine. They got enough food and the supplies as necessary. That, and, and what are they pallets, pallets that have been wrapped with, you know, the paper, you know, with the cellophane, whatever they, they wrap them with. And they were not being distributed. The local community had to get out there and start really doing a grassroots effort, you know, and then. Josh Green, our governor, said, well, we're going to make sure there's no land grab here. And, you know, because everybody was saying, got on the band, no, we know, we know what you're well, doing. He, he actually was quoted live. He said, the government will come in, we'll take over these lands. And that's so we, people even more. We, I know. So we can take care of the people. But you were talking about the FEMA thing. I, I saw there's a lot of action on TikTok. A lot of TikTokers either visiting the island or live in the island. And uh, several in particular got some incredible footage of things that um, the preparation, the moving in and out of stores, the people were there, they were videotaping, they were looking out over the parking lot and all hell was breaking loose. It was coming right at them. And, and law enforcement and government people were telling them, you cannot video. You cannot video this. And they were saying, oh, I'm, I'm just, I want to video all of this. I mean, this is historic. You cannot video this. And then the other the other uh, video is um, it's amazing how quickly it started. And I think what made the video so captivating, a woman had a, ba a baby in the car. I think it was her and her husband. And they had a cat. 
and they're all fine, but they were videotaping and the baby wasn't worried at all. The baby was just having a good old time and you could hear the, the couple saying, oh my God, we got to go left. We got to go left. Then they ran into a very uh, a helpful policeman that said, if you go down this road, you can you can get away from this because all heck's breaking loose, right? And then the cat started going off and then the baby saw the fire and the fire was so close. Like it was like clawing at the road. I could not believe it. Hmm. So something, something pushed this faster than normal because, and another thing like these uh, palm trees behind you, I know that's your, your backdrop there and that's her, that's her backyard. backyard. That is her backyard. <laughs> wow. That's really your backyard. Isn't that beautiful? That is, I thought that had to be like some kind of, that is, a well, you know what? It's a picture of my backyard. Yeah. Oh, I, was so I was so jealous. I was so jealous. That's, that's the absolutely incredible. Yeah. Mike's that's, backyard that's, is so that's awesome. That's the island is or what? Yeah. It's slush everywhere. You know? But there's a lot of, there's a lot of trees in your backyard that don't burn because I looked up all the stuff, the species on the island. And there's a bunch of trees that are very flammable, highly drought. Uh, they're terrible in drought. They're highly flammable. And then there's a whole bunch of trees in a tropical environment that don't burn at all. They just get scorched. Hmm. So you've got all these different dynamics in. And then you have people that know there's a history of brush fires. You didn't have the alarm go off. And regarding the uh, direct energy, Mike, did that have to be, would that have to be multiple shots down or could it be, you know, someone starts a fire with a cigarette over here, somebody starts a fire over there with a, with a lighter and then they leave things that'll be targeted by something that can target. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, uh, it's a weapon that's directed. So you can direct it at a certain thing. You can look at video from the military where they can uh -huh. blow something off the top of a um, ship. There can be like a radar on top of a ship and they can boom, blast that and nothing else gets damaged. Or they can like, you know, cut a hole in the ship or and sink it just like they did the docks, okay. just like they did all those ships that were in the harbor that burnt to a crisp. That's yeah, that that really way, makes no sense. Way that, that can happen. No like sense. embers landed on ships in the harbor yeah. or on the dock and melted the dock. So yeah, it's it's very it's very easy. It's very common sense when you start to look at a bigger picture. So yeah, you can start a normal fire, then you can like increase it. They they did this kind of stuff in World War II where they did firebombing. Um, they did they they firebombed Dres Dresden, I believe, or uh, in in Germany. <laughs> Uh, they firebombed um, uh, Tokyo. So you can do, you, and basically what you do is you keep hitting in front of it. So you create a firestorm and you just keep keep it hot. So that's what they do. They they come in and they just like burn, and anything on the backside of that that doesn't get burned to, to the, all the way down the concrete level that they, they want, because they want everything gone. So they come in with a directed energy weapon, microwave, and they cook the concrete, plastic, just like you put it in a microwave oven, doesn't get affected because we see children swing sets next to, uh, if you look at um, a lot of the homes have been burned, you know, in Paradise and along the Malibu coast, 
you'll see swing sets and stuff like that that are plastic or plastic garage or whatever, untouched, but the homes all the way down, dustified all the way down, even the concrete structure, the flooring structure gone, and it's just dirt, everything gone. It's in, it, that's not normal. It's, it's insane. So we're seeing yeah, AI stuff there. And if, if there's a human being in there yeah. Yeah. in a car, the human being gets cooked like a microwave too. So I, I, I saw this one guy, smart guy. He was stuck in his car. His car stopped back. It's basically getting fried by direct energy weapon. It toasted and not, not fried, but toasted. And he's in there. He's not, he's like not feeling good. He's getting cooked. And he uh, he can't roll the windows down because electric everything's electric and the electric electricity's done because I think they EMP that area too electromagnetic pulse the area so they he basically kicked the window smart guy crawled out his buddy didn't think like that so he crawled out I've been I've been hit by directed energy weapon and I have a lot of other people uh, give the same account uh, you ground yourself if you ground yourself it stops it. So he basically crawled out of the window, fell on the ground, and went unconscious, and that's where they found him. His friend, who didn't kick the window out, who got caught up in that, in the same situation, they found him over the top of his dog, protecting his dog. So why would he be over the top of his dog? Was there fire, or was there something else? It's something else. They're getting cooked by microwaves. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, Go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. So, uh, well, I've had a lot of interesting people contact me. Um, I, I, that letter was not meant to go around the world, but obviously it did. And one was um, an investigator weather reporter. Her name was, uh, she said it was okay to mention her name, um, Raphael O'Neill, and she is from New Orleans, and she tracked the Katrina um, debacle down there. And she says she's gotten it down to a T that these, uh, the um, what they're using is the Doppler radar tower systems to steer the, uh, the hurricanes where they want. Uh. And she said, she said, it is so obvious, it's a remarkably straight line. As soon as they turn those on, sometimes they can bounce it off certain Doppler radar station towers and so forth. So she said she said she was getting the raw data, you know, for from Doppler to, to, to see exactly how they steered that storm, you know, with the winds and kept the rain away, kept the, you know, the, uh, the moisture uh, front away from us. And uh, she had a few theories on the fire as well that, you know, she's investigating. And I'm sure people in your audience may have more information on that. But she had a, a few ones, which I thought were kind of interesting. She, she said, uh, there's, it looks like there's solar farms near Lahaina. And sometimes those can be used. But she said, uh, and smart meters, uh, just as current can be go out, they can go back in and you can trip it and that can set fires. Yep. It creates uh, some kind of feel because this happened in Colorado um, in uh, the firestorm that happened. Same thing in uh, uh, Boulder, Colorado. So thousand plus homes were burned, all of them smart meters. So. And she had one more interesting thing, and I had to start looking it up because I'm a researcher at heart. And, I, and uh, she had done a documentary or something on this. And, and she said, uh, you have to be careful of the LED streetlights. She said they've been weaponized. 
and she started showing weaponized. And, you know, they've been putting them everywhere in every small little town, you know, and some of us said, oh, maybe it's surveillance. But it's also can, can conduct energy. It's like they've got rid of the incandescent light bulb or something, and they're putting all these things in. And, you know, I know this sounds conspiracy theory, but she started showing me what happened in Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, there was like 15 feet of hail and snow, and the, all the streets around it were totally clear, and they were all underneath the LED light poles. The snow. And I saw the pictures, the snow and the hail, 15 feet of it. And so somehow this is also used to maybe kind of screw with weather intent and so forth. So, you know, I invite the audience to go out there and do your research on it. And I didn't really know what Doppler radar was capable of doing either. And I found out, yeah, it can sends out an energy, an energy beam, a pulse, and gets information back. Mm-hmm. And so forth. But that can be used in other ways as well. So we got a couple of theories going here. I don't know if any of them are the correct one, but, you know, our audience needs to investigate. And and the government owes us answers. They owe the the uh, citizens of Maui answers. I mean, you owe them answers like we pay taxes. What happened with the fire suppression? What happened? What the heck happened there? And and I and I was reading some of these ridiculous climate change articles that you know the wind. It was so windy and it was so hot. You know, that just starts fires. If that's the case, then half this country's going to burn because it's windy and hot all the time everywhere. It's so, windy in it, the afternoon here on certain... Exactly. All, all the excursion boats go out and they start heading back by noon or more because they know yeah. winds get up around Maui and the waters get choppier, of course, and everybody heads home so they don't get it, get, you know, so this is a windy island. So, and we haven't had that problem before. Exactly. So why so. else? Yeah, and there we I it's so frustrating because the minute you ask questions, that's when all the the name calling starts about, you know, what are you thinking, et cetera, et cetera. But I just thought it was amazing that every major network, NBC, CBS, ABC, all the news the next day. Well, it's just another example of climate change, Bill. You get those heavy winds and you don't have rain, you have drought because we have these man-made droughts, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of, like my V8 is going to cause a drought, you know? Um, so by the way, NBC universal called me this morning for a, a quick zoom report. And did they really, yes, they did. And I'm thinking like, Oh, they're going to edit this to hell. <laughs> Whatever. Probably. <laughs> you, know? you little celebrity. I love it. Good job. Um, so I, just so they the work in both sides, you know, good side. Not all my weird, yeah. all my theories you might say, but you know, I've also heard that, uh, um, that people who lost their homes are calling their insurance companies and their insurance companies are, are saying, you know, that uh, there's uh, infrastructure uh, infarctions. That's what they call infrastructural infarctions, I think. And and uh, what was it? Uh, um, that they weren't allowing, uh, oh, zoning infarctions. That was it. Uh, uh, they're saying it was a natural disaster and that they weren't, weren't going to be paying out. And another excuse they can use is, what were what was the level of fire protection or suppression in your home? Which was like, what do you mean? I thought that's what the fire department's for. You know, we had smoke detectors, but you mean I had to have, to live in Maui, I have to have a fireproof house now and I have to have my own suppression system, my own water supply. This is what really 
frightens me about it. And you were talking about like what you said on NBC. There's enough common sense anomalies. There's enough lack of information in this already. And if you just pile it on the lie fest that we've been experiencing for the last five years, like just look at today's news, whether it's Hunter Biden or Jan 6 or I mean, we haven't gotten a straight answer from our government in decades. So this is nothing new. And nobody's talking about the loss of life. I mean, I haven't seen any major people, you know, they're usually after a disaster like this, uh, isn't there, there's TV crews down there and, you know, we're here with so-and-so and she's waiting to see if her son uh, has been found or rescued. There's none of that. There's like no human, it's almost like, People in charge said, okay, the fire's over. That's it. Let's move on to another story. I tried to get into the War Memorial um, uh, shelters there, and they turned her away. You know, they thought it was exploitation. So she took a few oh, yeah, yeah. things out something or other. I don't know. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, I say, well, she's got, you know, over to 1,000 acres of land. Why hasn't she opened it up to the homeless then if she really cares, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, so let, let, but the, the, the thing is, let's, let's talk about the, the, the motive behind all this. You know, it's the, the power. Bigger, bigger land mm -hmm. Yeah. The bigger picture. And what I told Mark yesterday is, um, for many years, I've known this, um, very gifted visionary futurist, futurist, and he's written many books and he tries to stay off the grid because the CIA has contacted him numerous times and just saying, uh, with with topics and say, give us whatever you get on it. You know, that's how accurate he is. And uh, a number of years ago, he had told me, um, uh, well, let me back up. He, When I told him two and a half years ago, I was moving to Maui, he goes, well, don't you remember what I said in one of my books? And I said, no, I don't. He said, well, uh, Maui has, it shows in the future. And he takes the, he, what he does is he looks at all the timeline threads and sees what has the most energy and that's going to be the most probable future. And that's how he works it. And what he saw was that they were going to make this into a banking elite center, sort of like a Monaco, Switzerland for the rich, for all of their uh, offshore accounts and everything else. And of course, you know, to, to accomplish something like that, you know, they'd have to get rid of the, push the old Hawaiian community out. You know, so um, and, you know, he said to me when I showed him the picture of Lahaina right after it happened, he said he said scalar wave attack. And uh, no doubt about it. And um, uh, he said, you know, basically he's pointing to not only the Chinese, but working with the U.S. is involved involved in both of this. Yeah. So um, it's a joint effort and they that he said China was going to look at this as a stepping stone into California. And I remember years ago, he had told me, oh, I see Chinese troops in California. And I was living in California at the time. I said, well, what would Chinese troops be doing in California? And he goes, that's what they're sh it's, I'm, I'm seeing in the timeline. Yeah. So do you think yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we have, uh, you know, our commit, our um, Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. Oh, Billy Milley. Yeah. So he had said that he would contact his counterpart in China if the U.S. were going to attack China. So we're looking at a lot of politicians and military that have been bought and paid for by China, and we're hearing a lot of Chinese are coming across the border now 
Now, I can tell you, uh, from my military experience, I can take I can take over a town, a small town, with a, with a handful of guys. I can I can own it. Now, with uh, several hundred or up to a thousand, I could control L.A. I could control anything. So we have a lot of Chinese that are coming across the border, and a lot of them are coming up the West Coast, right? A lot of them are coming into Canada. So there's a, there's definitely uh, an issue, a problem there. Now, in, in Maui, uh, I'll read you a couple of things that uh, I've been given from a lot, of, a lot of people, too. It's the fifth largest computer center in the world, 25% of the, the Hawaiian islands are basically um, military bases uh, and so forth. There's also space-based surveillance, concentration of entire strategic command for defense of the United States is in Maui. So, uh, wow. What? Yeah, so. What a coincidence. What a coincidence, right? So is now I have this friend that I have on occasionally, uh, Juan Osaven who talks about uh, tit-for-tat. He's recently talked about a tit-for-tat of uh, basically a weaponized uh, storm that went into and caused a lot of problems in China. So he's saying this is a tit-for-tat that happened. Uh, Beijing, if you look two weeks back, Beijing was just like incredibly flooded. Uh, so you look at uh, this as a tit-for-tat for what happened in um and uh, China. So there, there seems to be a lot of narrative that's going in this direction. Now, as, as intuitives, you know, I, I looked at this immediately uh, when it happened. I was like, I got to get on top of this. So I created, you know, what I saw and it, and it went super viral. Uh, it's been seen by a lot of people. But what are your thoughts, Dr. Forty, uh, as far as like uh, what actually happened? I, we, we know that Hawaii, especially uh, La Lahaina is a very, very spiritual area. Uh, we well, talked about Lemurians and so forth. It's a area. It's called, it's considered the, you know, kind of the heart area of, of Maui, just like the island of Maui is considered the heart center of the planet. You know, I always say if people go right through the globe, you know, to the other side, you'll get a directly access to the Great Pyramids of Egypt, another very powerful center. And, you know, so I look at it, this is that they struck at the heart of our, our planet uh, here. And, you know, I, you know, it's, it's the, the life, the life loss is tragic, but I think about all those lives that maybe gave all those, those lives that gave their, their life um, to maybe help wake people up yeah, to what's yeah. going on around. I mean, we, as a group mind and collective we're all in this together. Forget if you're Democrat or Republican or everything. We are, you know, we are human beings on this planet. We should all be working together on this. And, you know, screw the politicians. I mean, they're always going to lie and do their thing anyway. But we have to show them we're smarter and say enough, enough. We see through all of your subterfuge. We see through, you know, all of your power plays. We see through you know, your uh, just the the inhumanity and unfairness and injustice that's going on right now, and it's no longer covert. It's overt. It's in your face because they know they can get away with it because there's 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 no uh, there's no um, punishment. And I hear this ever from everyone. Everybody thinks, oh, Maui is a blue state. Well, 
there is a lot of conservatives live here. Maybe they don't know about it. And they're all saying, we've had it enough, enough of this, this insanity politics. And yeah. so I, I hope that they will really push back and not allow the, even the state to take this land. Maybe we need uh, a total moratorium and pay these people's mortgages off or something that this land stays within them because we already pushed the Hawaiians out once when this became a state and it shouldn't yeah. happen again. It and that's August 21st, 1959, August 21st. So five days away. So there, there is, I believe, a push to take Hawaii back. Uh, I think Hawaii was stolen. Uh, it should be given back. It should be taken back if necessary. So, but, uh, and, uh, what what are your thoughts? Do you think Hawaii might go back? Well, I, I think I was telling Ken yesterday. I said uh, I think it was yesterday. It's like the day is just blurring together. Um, that along Pilani Highway, which is the main thoroughfare from you know Wailea Kihei into Kahului into Wailuku and so forth, and there's a big concrete bunker along the side of the road in the field, and everybody can see it. They pass it every day. And in big black letters plastered all over it on the top is, you are sheep. And nobody's taken it down. Wow. Because it's true. It's true. And the, the, the heartache is all this money going to Ukraine, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And there's these viral videos from TikTok. Because, Mike, you know, not all of Ukraine is engaged in combat. There's whole areas of Ukraine that are completely normal. And there's these video, these viral videos going around with dates and times on them at the clubs and the shopping malls. And we're sending billions over there. The money we've sent to Ukraine could rebuild Hawaii twice. And the other question I had for you, Mike, is with the with the Chinese connection, do you think the fact that so many people in our current government, Republicans and Democrats, are compromised by their involvement with China is you think that's playing a role in some of the the narrative here because if this was a Chinese military I mean this is this is not good yeah I mean we, we've seen it uh Feinstein with uh, a 20-year uh personal assistant was that was a Chinese spy we see uh who's who's that one guy that had uh Fang Fang for his girlfriend oh Eric Chinese Swalwell guy. Eric Swalwell and he was yeah. he was uh, on the you know intel committee, so uh, and they kept a lot of definitely surprised they caught him. And, and yeah, it's no surprise that Georgia, who the the governor and um, the secretary of state, both were basically had a lot of funding from China. Uh, so is how we have him China. Uh, after Trump. So, and I I don't really care about politics really. I I just want the best person to be in charge. I think they're all rhinos and dinos. In in name, please. Yeah. Now, yeah. And now we, there, there's now a we few have people a that are trying to lie, but not many. Yeah. Biden is coming here, and the federal government I just heard today is offering all those people who lost their homes seven hundred dollars per household, which mm -hmm. is a total. That is like ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, thank no, that's you. that's ridiculous. Truly. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, seven hundred dollars. Oh my God! That's family for here. That's like that's like that's like yeah. a week's worth of groceries. Yeah, me. Yeah, that's three days three days of food and some bandages <laughs> and and medicine for your kid. Right. That's unbelievable. Yeah. 
I don't so know. Maybe, maybe maybe it is some type of signal, Kathy. Maybe it is a wake up call, like you talked about, that people are gonna like. Did anybody who hears that Biden shows up at the island, gets some photo ops? Here's seven hundred dollars. You've well, lost born and paid for too by China. Yeah, we already know that. So yeah, man, Trump just said he's a Manchurian candidate. And I thought he's completely there was so right. much outcry after people asked him about Mao and he said no comment. It was like no comment from our president. Uh, this this travesty that's that's making all all fire disaster records. No comment. All of America is in tears. And he says no comment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Monday, I don't know if you heard uh, Trump had an announcement yesterday afternoon on Monday. He said at 11 o'clock Monday, Donald Trump will be exposing all the Georgia evidence that will completely exonerate all their indictments. So I got to say, he's got me hooked on that. I'm going to be watching. So maybe he has some of this stuff that we all know has been kicking around for a long time, and maybe it's all been put together now, and they're going to do a, you know, maybe a a drop of information on Monday that's going to really set things going. I I don't know. But that's what he said, 11 o'clock Monday. I'll be clear of all the charges. Yeah. Pretty bold. Well, hey, like, like I said, yeah, I know. Uh, you said that yeah. before and, and didn't deliver. So, uh, and, and in the background, I've heard, pe- I've heard people say that he couldn't deliver because of pressure that was put on him. So uh, we'll see. Maybe he, it's a tit for tat. There he's pushing to see how far he can get because they do the same thing. But right. on, that, on that same line, as far as like, you know, I could I could take over towns or cities or maybe even a whole state. Uh, if that happens and people, co- vets or some or just a local populace is like, oh, oh hell no, and they they rise up, then they like invite uh, I don't know China, UN, whatever. Hey, we have a problem here. Can you come help us? So and that would that would not be good. So the local population standing up against uh, you know this evil. It's, it's, it, it can get dicey going forward. So I, we, we talked about, uh, you know, a lot of people have seen, uh, like your friend, Dr. Forty, that's, that sounds very good. I uh, have seen that there, and I, I agree with them. So there's, there's some serious problems, uh, ahead if we don't wake up uh, enough people and yeah. stand together and work together and stop it. And we have to, have to demand to answers, demand answers. Change Follow the money. <laughs> right. Well, God knows where that's going to lead. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, some very yeah, dark holes. It's, so, it's very difficult to live on this island for, you know, like I said, there's very little affordable housing. So good workers are hard to find. Even good policemen are hard to find. They get, they come here, they get trained cheaply and then go get being paying jobs on the mainland. So that that is a problem because people cannot afford to live here unless you're very rich or you've been here a long time and, you know, you have land or so forth like that. But, uh, um, yeah, this is uh, so I, I can see the overall um, agenda is slowly pushing it out. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a slow, insidious thing so that there's always plausible deniability. There's always a little bit of truth in it. So. When you're trying to have that debate, when you're saying, well, I think this was intentional or I think this was military related, they can say, well, no, I got the proof right here. It was it was all the dry grass. There's always a little bit of truth in in all the propaganda, you know, Uh, 
no matter what line they're they're talking about. January 6th is a is a great example. There were some knuckleheads there that behaved foolishly and they got on video. It was not a riot, it was not an insurrection. It was some knuckleheads getting way out of hand because the cops spent hours trying to provoke them to do something and they took the bait and did stupid stuff like go to Nancy's office or run around with a flag and knock stuff over, whatever. But the the reality of that is nothing what the media has said. And I would imagine this is similar regarding how they built the narrative. I'm sure there was some dry grass that burnt, but the rest of it, I don't know if they'll ever be able to explain it unless we push them. Maybe a six by six foot patch. Yeah, there you go. Hardly <laughs> flappable. And the people did say the uh, the day before the skies were thick, very thick with chemtrails. Yeah. And the person that I talked to, who is that weather uh, investigator, she said, uh, you know, when you see that happening, you there's a lot of aluminum and uh, barium and strontium yeah. and so forth, mm-hmm. and it, it becomes a high accelerant. You know, so um, we usually don't see that many in in Lahaina or those areas. So, you know, they're like I said, the the, the fishy stuff just keeps adding up. There was also a warning. <laughs> there was a warning about this particular uh, that particular day. There was a, an alert that went out to agencies, government agencies, that the conditions are ripe for the following environmental issue like fire. You know how they have the Smokey and the Bear thing signs on the side of like national parks and stuff, and they say fire risk today, and they have like a color code? Well, I guess something like that went out 48 hours before the Lahaina fire, and you would have thought there would have been more preparation or attention from the government. I don't know. Yeah, they were kind of missing in action. That's You know, it's sort of like, uh, as I said, when that, that uh, a couple of years ago... That Korean missile, fake missile, you know, it's sort of like, you know, people, I'm sure they oh, caused yeah. heart attacks from that. And people mm-hmm. were, you know, screaming and yelling. I wasn't here, but I asked my friends and they told me plenty. They said, most of us just went down to the ocean and said, okay, this will be our last look. If this is the end, this is it. Aw. Mm. Yeah, I, I heard from a friend that was there and she said that that's the way everybody thought. They thought they were, they're going to die. It's like, where do we go? It's like, no, a nuclear attack, we're going to die. So yeah. imagine yeah. having that thought, and then it's like, oh, it was a false warning. Was it? So uh, maybe maybe that uh, that missile that was going to come got stopped out. So there is, uh, there's like this. We, we know these guys plan events, uh, long-term planning. Uh, this, is, this was, I believe, obviously a, a long-term planning event because you can look at the sheriff uh, that's there that came from Las Vegas. So that's that's a good indicator that they. Well, by the way, about that sheriff, I my brother's friend was an ER doctor in Vegas uh, during that shooting, and he said of the twelve victims, he worked on all three different caliber bullets he was taken out of them, Thank not you. one shot. Yeah, yep. I and I, I'm an shot in, in different directions too. You know, caliber. I've shot a lot of weapons over the years, and it sounded like a automatic weapon blank that he didn't have that type of weapon. Uh, blank fire. So, and I have other friends that said their uh, children, her her, uh, her uh, daughter and son were on the phone running for their lives, and they said the shots were coming from like helicopters and all kind of crazy stuff. They were coming from multiple locations. Yeah, that was one of the biggest cover up, the biggest crime cover ups 
in the world. And again, it was another example of the media came out, they had their narrative, then they said, all right, we're done here. What do you mean you're done here? I mean, they didn't even interview people. There were so many eyewitness accounts that went against the story. And I'm sure the same thing will come out from Maui, just like from 9-11 and, and Jan 6, the eyewitness accounts. Why is it that we, the people, when we're told something by the media, we all get together and go, what planet were they on? That isn't how it happened. You know what I mean? It's it's really ground zero right now, Lahaina, and somebody I know, uh, or some, I, I don't really know them, I, I, they, they contributed something to I said, and they said they were in you know, uh, direct energy weapons in the military, you know, so they had knowledge of it. And they said, those people should be going in with hazmat suits to that area. He said, that area has got radiation and the soil will have radiation, the water will have radiation, and nobody's addressing that. That's what happened to the people in 9-11. They had radiation problems. Uh, they they blame on asbestos, but basically it was radiation problems because the, the directed energy weapon causes some kind of reaction uh, that's like a it's like a nuclear bomb going off, literally. Uh, and uh, that's that's what, uh, it, it changes molecular structures and everything. So uh, there's atomic, you know, movements that are going on. And it's it's going to be, it's not going to be good for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they said, uh, um, my friend in one of the hotel industries who has access to some of the uh, uh, firefighters and so forth, they said it'll, it'll be at least two years. Two years. Yeah. To to even start rebuilding or something like that, because it's got to be I mean, it's it's like one big morgue right now. Yeah. yeah. And we, we saw that in um, uh, Paradise. They went in, in hazmat suits. So somebody knew. Yeah. So I'm wondering why that nobody got that memo. Uh, for the they need to. Because, because that That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because we'll we'll probably see them in hazmat suits time. tomorrow. So thank you. Oh, we know, right? They'll be hearing this, and then we'll start to see it. But well, yeah, everyone, listen. They just now. want what yeah. alarm people. You're you're like, what does Doctor Porty say? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you I for your and thank you for coming out. So a lot of people are very hesitant about coming out and. You know, you did. So it's very brave. Uh, I think everyone should send their prayers to you, send their love to you. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate what you've done. Agreed. Uh, protection for you and a uh, big love bubble. So um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And and remember, HungryHeroesHawaii.com. Uh, Triple H. And then people might say, they say also to, to make sure people know, don't stay away from Maui. There's plenty of other places on Maui. Because if it devastated Lahaina, it will the tourism, lack of tourism will devastate the rest of the island as well. And that is really a great message because there's plenty of other Hawaiian tourist areas and, and even on Maui, right? They're moving things over to Malawaya, Malawaya Harbor, you know, uh, for boat excursion things and so forth like that. So people people are going to Plan B and you know maneuvering around this this problem so that I mean it decimated the island during COVID, and um, we lost so many businesses and we can't allow that to happen again with this scare. I mean this would just this would just uh, play into their hands of yeah bankrupt bankrupt the island and then we can grab everything up cheap. Wow. So, Dr. Forty, uh, if 
uh, people are interested, uh, is there any way they can contact you? Do you have a website or anything? Um, well, <laughs> um, my books are, and they can message me through that at stackslibraryoftruth.com. I'm a truther, a sci-fi truther. And, you know, even though the world <laughs> seems sci-fi at the moment, um, but they can give me at, you know, Kathy J. Forty at, through Facebook and, and, uh, or You're on Twitter too, right? Um, I, you know, lately I've been feeling a need to stay away from Twitter. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I'm just so, I'm just, just so worn out with the social media in general. I'm just trying to live my life, you know? So, uh, some people are on it like hours every day. I tried to, and it's just the last two days and it's sort of like, oh my God, this is probably even more on social media than I have in the last 10 years, mm. you know? Uh, but it was the, it was true. I, I, that night before I wrote that article, it was really strong in my head. I kept hearing, uh, you have to come out, you have to tell the truth. You have to see what, and, and then the next day that thought must've been seeded in many different people because suddenly everybody was talking about directed energy and everything else. It was like, Somebody opened a door and collectively we all said, okay, here's the truth and wake up. That's the yeah. power of the truth. It's yeah. happening all over the place, all among us all, you know? And Ken, how can people reach you? Ken Matthews report. Uh, you could go to subscribe star and just type in Ken Matthews report. I just want to say, Mike, uh, as my, uh, as my budget has expanded, I've gotten a new graphic for a phone number. I'd like to put it up on the screen now. Very good. I, I my new graphic that runs. So your graphics people, I, that's good. So they're doing a good yeah. job. Yeah. Oh, my graphics people are the best. No, we're lower third. I'm telling you. I, just, I can tell you must pay them a lot of money because that's that's hard. Well, you know, just follow the money. I always joke, if you're following the money, I'm safe. You ain't going to end up in me. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was an absolutely incredible show. Thank you both so much for coming on and uh, getting together. This is going to help a lot of people, I believe. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Your reality.